Hello and welcome back to the Urtcast with me, Daryl Smith. And myself, Ian Abel. And this week we'll be covering micro-businesses and the legal minimum that your business needs. In uh, 2020, approximately 407,510 new businesses were launched. Many of these, uh, and we act uh, for some of them, uh, were labours of love, such as somebody setting up uh, a business, uh, perhaps baking uh, and making a business out of that, enjoying flower arranging and setting up a business um, from their garage. Just two of the examples that we know of. Uh, many of these type of enterprises have thrived during lockdown, which is really, really good to see. However, what we have encountered is that some of these have expanded rapidly and then had to hire staff to deal with the amount of work coming in. Uh, and obviously they're not quite used to running a business and accustomed to what they need to do. So having spoken to a number of businesses um, and, and acting for them to help them through this situation, we thought um, that that's influenced this podcast and it might be useful to detail the basic legal requirements uh, for running a business. Um, just to note, the focus here is employment law, really, and the basics you need uh, to have that legal minimum. We One of the things that we don't discuss, which would definitely be a considerable uh, initial consideration for a business, is the actual structure of the business, such as whether that would be a company limited by shares, and uh, a limited liability partnership, uh, a sole trader, etc. So that, that those topics are not covered uh, in uh, this podcast. So over to Daryl for the first point you require as a legal minimum. Yeah, so the very first thing that you're going to need is employer's liability insurance. Uh, this is a legal requirement, unless of course you've got no employees. Uh, this is going to cover you for any claims made by employees for injuries or illnesses that occur in the workplace. Certain businesses also require additional professional indemnity insurance as a legal minimum, such as solicitors, architects and healthcare professionals. There are plenty of other non-legal insurances that you may wish to consider as well, such as cyber insurance for example. Thanks, Daryl. The second requirement is to provide employees with a written statement of particulars on their first day of employment. Uh, you can Google that in terms of the actual information that that will need uh, to require, but that's the employer's name, the start date of the employee, how much and how frequently they get paid, if there's any probationary period that affects their employment and matters such as that. Depending how legal we want to get here, the law states uh, that the principal statement must be given on the first day of employment and the wider written statement within two months of employment. But to make this nice and simple for you, the best thing that I can personally suggest is to do one proper contract of employment that would uh, count as both of those documents provide that on the first day of um, the person's employment and you are covered uh, drafting of contracts is something we offer here on a uh, ad hoc basis or as part of our employment and HR package so please get in contact if that's something that we can assist you with yeah and you're also going to need to make sure that you pay any employees the national minimum wage which Sounds a fairly obvious statement, but it's very important to note. Uh, there are various rates applicable based on the age of the employee, uh, on whether or not they're on an apprenticeship scheme, for example. The rates change every April uh, in line with inflation, and the current rates are all available on www.gov.uk. Uh, an important one, and one that you probably take for granted, uh, is to check the employees have the right to work in the UK. Uh, under legislation, all businesses have a duty to prevent illegal workers, and you could actually be up to uh, subject to a fine of up to £20,000 per employee if you do hire somebody without checking. Uh, this can be as simple as getting a copy of their ID, passport or driving licence if they're a British citizen. Either of those documents will do as, a, a right, uh, as evidence of right to work. If they're from outside of the UK, 
particularly after Brexit, and this is obviously currently changing at the moment, you may well need other documentation, such as a work visa, and that will often depend on the employee or potential employee's country of origin. But uh, the government website is pretty detailed in this regard. Um, so what I would suggest is, depending on the country of origin of your potential employee, Google that on the government website. They will tell you the uh, documents that you need uh, to uh, have in place for the employee. And the final point required is a uh, health and safety policy. So for businesses with more than five employees, it's a legal requirement to have a written health and safety policy. Uh, that, and that should lay out the way that the business intends to keep the workplace safe. Any risks also need to be risk assessed as part of a proper health and safety process as well. That's it for today's episode of the podcast. We hope that that's been uh, useful. If you do have any queries or thoughts or any, uh, any extra information that you'd like on these podcasts, please then let us know. Thank you very much. Thanks very much. Oakwood Solicitors, the experts in employment law claims. For any inquiries, please call 0113 200 9787 or email us at inquiries at oakwood Anything contained in this podcast is for information purposes only and not intended to be specific legal advice.